Come on, you, you've, you've seen that, but probably some of you have even said that. <laughs> but, you know, I, I found myself, I, I thought back in my, you know, in my, in my younger days, in, in my, uh, my teenage years, you know how you tend to be a little rebellious during your teenage years. I'd listen to these songs, and, you know, I can remember even as a, you know, a, a 11, 12-year-old boy, I had, now this is going to take you all back, I had transistor radio. Portable, you know. It was about that big, and had this big antenna you could pull out. Anybody remember those? I had one of those, and I remember, you know, I wasn't supposed to listen to this, you know, this worldly music, you know. I, you know, we we were Christians, and so, you know, to be bad, I'd sneak out with my little transistor transistor radio, and and I'd I'd find a station, you know. I'd I'd listen to this worldly music, that rock and roll stuff. Or, or country music or something, you know? And, and uh, I can remember, you know, I'd sing along with those songs and I'm thinking, none of this applies to me, but I, I do like the rhythm of it, you know? When we come into the house of God and we start singing the songs of praise, every one of those apply to us. Those are things that we ought to be able to sing with joy, with gladness in our heart. We ought to be able to belt those words out because they have meaning to us. When we talk about the fact that he has made me glad, why has he made us glad? Because he's brought salvation. He's brought life to us. He's brought liberty to us. He set us free from bondage. We talk about all of the things that, that God has done, and we, we sing praises. And sometimes, and I'm not pointing fingers at, at anybody but myself, okay? But sometimes we'll just kind of go through the motions of singing. He has made me glad. Oh, that's a pretty song. Really? Has he made you glad? Are you really glad this morning? Because God's done some things for us to make us glad. We begin to think about what God has done for us. Oh, there ought to be some joy that wells up within our souls, within our spirits. We ought to start rejoicing and say, God, you've been good to me. You've been better to me than I deserve. I, I don't deserve your goodness. I don't deserve your love. I don't deserve the favor that you have given to me. Amen. Mm, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to take an opportunity this morning uh, before we get into the remainder of the service, just to, to ask if anyone here, and I don't normally do this, but does anyone here today have a testimony, something that God's done, a prayer that he's answered, something that, that God has done for you? Um, this isn't a major thing, but God did it. There's something that I've been pushing for at work, um, starting a, a new system where other locations do this where we're outside handing you the food as you come up to the window. That way we can get more cars out of the drive through faster because we are still closed. And in the same time as them approving that, they also approve us, which we prefer. I'm sorry if you don't. <laughs> we're allowed to keep the dining room closed for a little bit longer because of the amount of business we are able to do through the drive through which makes life, my life a lot easier, but it also gives me job security because I'm the drive-through leader at the store. So just praising God for letting that happen in the job security. Absolutely. You know, God works things to our good. 
And so, you know, in the midst of pandemics and crises and, and maybe some inconveniences, he still works out good things for us. Amen. I want to give God thanks this, uh, this morning. God did something for Sister Jennifer and I. We, um, uh, we went through and we're, uh, this past week we signed on it and, and, and finalized it, but we're refinancing our home, going from a, a, a 30 year mortgage to a 15 year mortgage. Number one, thank God that he worked it out to where we could do that. Amen. I tell you, what a blessing. You know, when you, when you begin to look and you see how, how much more goes to the principal every month. That's then. <laughs> wow, what a difference. But, you know, God worked it out to where, uh, you know, I mean, it ended up being just a, a few hundred dollars more a month to be able to make that transition. And so, you know, it was like, okay, yeah, that's the thing to do. We'll do this. And, and, and this whole process has just gone so smoothly. Amen. And, and, you know, I want to thank God because a couple things happened during that. And, you know, uh, one of the things was uh, we were... Uh, we, you know, we made our June payment. It was with the, you know, the company that we had the original or the, the mortgage with. And we, went, we were just refinancing through the same company. So it was just supposed to pick up with the 15-year in July. Well, it didn't. They said, no, no, your first payment's not due until August. Right. And so now the, the July payment gets to go into the reserve fund so that I don't have to worry about you know, making the payment out of the first check of the, uh, you know, of the next month, I've already got it set aside in reserve so that it's paid before the money even comes in. Right. Thank God for that. Yeah, you know, those are the blessings of God. Now, I know that, you know, to some they may go, oh, well, that's not a big deal. You missed a payment on your mortgage, you know. You, you got to skip one. Hey, it is a big deal to me. I like it. And, and then, you know, at the end, I wasn't supposed to have to pay anything on the closing cost. Well, a um, few days before closing, the guy calls me up. He said, hey, he said, you know, it looks like uh, we're going to need about $1,700 for you to be able to close. Are you, you know, are you able to bring that to the table? And I said, I could, but I don't want to. <laughs> I said, I, I, you know, I mean, I'd have to pull it out of my emergency fund. I said, I, I don't want to do that. And he said, well, let me see what I can do. And, and so uh, they, they go through the whole process. And uh, he, had, he, he didn't realize at, at, the po at that point uh, that they hadn't taken what was already paid into escrow and, uh, and transferring it out. Right. And so anyway, they, they were able to, to work all the things. And at the end of, uh, you know, at the, end of the day, he, he called me back a, 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 the next day, I guess it was. And he said, no, nah, he said, you don't have to bring anything. He said, as a matter of fact, you, you're probably going to get X amount back yeah. at closing. Amen. And I said, well, thank God. Thank God. You know, that's awesome. And then when we finally came to closing, uh, we, we sat down and the guy's going through all the numbers. We're signing all the papers, doing all this. And not only did we get that amount back, but we got half again as much back. So, you know, God just continues to pour blessings and blessings into our life. And, you know, some people go, oh, well, that was just, you know, that was just the money that was there. And it was just being shuffled around. Hey, listen, I don't care how you want to explain it. I don't care how you want to, you know, how, how to talk about it. In my mind, and it's my opinion, that that's the hand of God at work. And those are God's blessings upon us. So... 
thank you, God. Yeah. Yes. You know, um, Pastor, um, Brother Clint, please to say that's cool God stuff. That's right. That's what he does. And so sometimes when we have little blessings, we don't, you need to say these things so you can build somebody else's faith up. Absolutely. So I had the cataract surgery, but I had just had glasses, and now I went to my regular checkup, and he says, well, now that you have the cataracts, you need a, a lower glasses. You don't need the strong one. You and I said, well, I just bought glasses. He said, no, well, you need that, plus you need the, the ones that when you go outside, it gets dark for the sun, okay? Yeah. And I'll be another $440, and I just wore glasses. I said, okay, it's God money anyway, so I'm not worried about it. So I came home and I told my daughter, you know, she paid for the glasses. <laughs> I have some real good children. Yes, amen. They really take care. You know what I'm saying? Not that That's I was right. looking for it, but those are cool God stuff. When yes. you see you love the Lord and you do his bidding, the benefits are out of this world. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, uh, let me just let me just throw this out there on top of that, Sister Guy, you have been faithful to God, and you've you know you've been faithful and 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 your you know your church attendance, your giving, all those things, and your children have seen that. They've seen how you've given and helped others and and done things, and so now they're modeling what you have modeled to them. They're doing what you have shown them how to do. Absolutely. Scripture says to train up a child in the way that they go, and they won't, when they're old, they won't depart That's from it. Oh, you know, I, I've reminded several people over the past few years of those things. And, you know, there's sometimes where uh, we look at our kids and, and we go, well, God, is that really, you know, I mean, I, I know what your word says, but it doesn't seem like that's working right now. But listen, we have to trust in the word of God. And we have to know that, listen, if we've trained them upright, oh, they may they may miss miss a few steps sometimes, but they're going to come back to that point. And the word of God is established and it will not come back void. And if you've trained them upright, they're going to come back to that. Oh, let, let me just speak a word of encouragement to somebody right now that you may have that prodigal child. Maybe they're not where they need to be, but if you've raised them up Amen. to love God, to serve God, to honor his word, you can stand firm and know that, listen, God's going to be honored that and God is going to bring them back to where they need to be. Because his word says that if you train them upright, they won't depart from those ways. Amen. Mm. It's in his timing. That's right. Amen. <laughs> I, I heard somebody talking about that the other day. A preacher said, you know, we always talk about God's timing. And we, we even sing that song. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Y'all sing that song? We, we believe that God's on time. We believe it. When it happens, but, but when it's not happening, we're going, you know, God, you're, you're running a little bit late right now. The, and, until it happens, sometimes we're going, come on, God, come on, God, you, you, you know, I need this to happen now. We've got to believe God that he really is an on-time God, and he's going to show up and do all that we need right on time. Amen. We can't rush him. We can't. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, man, I know, I'm just 
feeling the anointing in that, Sister Guy, you know. <laughs> but that's not my message today. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on from that. But I, I do want someone to hear that about the prodigal. Listen, if your children aren't exactly where, where they need to be, you hold on to God's word. Amen. And you know that, that you have taught them and you have put in their heart to love and to serve God, yes. and they will return to that. Amen. 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 Well, I do want to welcome everybody. It's good to see you here today. Amen. It's good to be back here. I, I, I apologize for being out last week. I, man, I don't know what in the world hit me, but Saturday night I started feeling terrible, and Sunday morning I felt even worse. And um, But I tell you, I am so thankful for Brother South being here. I heard he did a great job. And um, it was just amazing the way the Lord worked and, and all that took place. And thank, uh, thank you all for, uh, for your faithfulness and just for the blowout service that we had last week. You know, I, 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 it always does a pastor good to hear when they were out that there was a great service. It's not about the pastor anyway. It's all about God. And he, he's, never, he's never absent. So, Amen. so thank God for that. Um, I know we had it up on the, uh, on the overhead here, but I just want to remind everybody of our uh, July 4th celebration, our Freedom Sunday. We're going to, after service, we're going to be having uh, uh, some food and some fellowship here at the church. We're going to be having, I guess, some hamburgers and hot dogs and different things. There is a sign-up sheet back here on the bulletin board. Uh, we're asking everybody to, to, you know, to bring a side or to bring a dessert or something. Church is going to provide the, you know, all of the hamburgers and the hot dogs and the condiments for that. So all of that will be taken care of, and we're going to take care of all of the, the paper plates and the, you know, all of those things. So all we're asking is bring a side, bring a dessert, something like that. If you'll just sign up so that we know that we've got it covered. And uh, we, want, we want everybody to be here. Bring, bring a guest with you. Bring a friend. Come and let's, let's have great church. And then afterwards, let's have a good time of fellowship. Amen. Most of us are going to be off on the Monday afterwards and, you know, celebrating the fourth. If you're not, I'm sorry. We'll, you know, we'll say a prayer for you and pray that God will give you extra energy. Uh I don't know about you, but I'm just happy today. Amen. It's it's good to be in God's house. Amen. Amen. Hmm. Amen. Yeah. Anybody excited about God? Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. I tell you, I'm just I, I'm excited to see how God's working, to see you know what God is doing. Yes. Uh, give you a good report about our our uh, children's camp that just took place. Um, I, I don't know if I have the numbers just right. Was it 77? 70. 70? Okay. At the beginning of camp, they always take a, a, a check to see how many uh, kids there don't have the Holy Ghost. Well, we had 70 that didn't have the Holy Ghost that were at this church camp that went on you know, for our, our, our children uh, this past week. At the end of camp meeting, you want to guess how many had received the Holy Ghost? Seven. Seven. So every one of them had received the Holy Ghost. They, they had a great chance. So praise the Lord for that. Amen. 
Well, stand with me today. I'm going to go ahead and get into the word of the Lord. Uh, let me remind everybody while you're standing. Uh, um, uh, we're going to be turning to Acts chapter 4, by the way. Um, we do have another sign-up sheet back here uh, for uh, cleaning the church. And, uh, if you know, we've, we've put a key, uh, a church key up on the bulletin board. If you don't have a key, you can take that, use it to come in, and then return it the next week, and we can just kind of do that. Um, so if, if you haven't, you know, if you haven't been helping us in that, if you can, we would appreciate it. We would appreciate that. And um, also, we want to uh, remind the church to uh, keep Brother and Sister Ben Loss in prayer this week. I know Brother Ben Loss has a procedure going this week, correct, on the 15th? Yep. So keep them in prayer. Pray that God's hand will just be upon him and upon those that are doing that procedure. And we know that God is a healer. Amen. And so keep them in prayer on the 15th and uh, pray for your brothers and sisters daily, if you will. But say a special prayer for them on the 15th. Amen. Amen. All right, Acts chapter 4, verse 1. I'm going to read verse 1 through 4, and then I'm just going to, uh, today, I, I don't know, I'll probably do more teaching than I do preaching, but we'll see. Acts chapter 4, verse 1. says, And as they spake unto the people, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold unto the next day, for it was now eventide. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. Today I want to talk to us about uh, what I've titled, What We Need Every Day. Do we, you know, I mean, we all need to eat every day. We all need water and air every day. But there's some things that our spiritual man need every day. One thing in particular, and I want to talk to us about that today. So let's just, uh, let's just pray right now. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this, that you're... Lord, that you have given me today, I pray that you would bless it, God. Anoint it today, God, that we could hear, that we would receive from you, God. Move in our midst today, God. Let your spirit have free reign in this place today, God. Lord, we thank you for it. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Why don't you greet someone around you as you're seated today? See, now nobody can get mad at me because I didn't specifically say that you had to shake hands or hug anybody. I just said greet. If you, did, if you shook hands and hugged, then that's on you. <laughs> oh, man, I'll tell you. It just, it's one of those things, man. Our, our, our world and the, the situations around us just, they boggle my mind sometimes. But you know what? God is still good. All the time, he's good. Oh, I think. So, today I want to talk to us about this in Acts chapter 4. And I want to talk to us about the events that took place in this chapter. Because I believe that there is a key here that's going to 
open us up to living a, a victorious life for God. Anybody want to be victorious in living for God? Amen. When, when we're victorious for God, there's good things that happen, not only for us, but for people that are around us. And I believe that God wants to have a victorious church. He, he wants to see his kingdom go forth. And, and in order for that to happen, there's blessings, there's good things that have to happen, not only in his people, but in others around them. So we want to uh, take a look at this chapter and, and examine uh, what's happening and how they handled it and how, you know, what, all, what all happened here in Acts chapter 4. But in order for us to really uh, to do that, we need to back up a little bit to chapter 3 of Acts and see what was, what was going on so that we can set the stage for this. Okay? Um, so let me just back up here to uh, Acts chapter 3, and let's just take a look at that in our Bibles. <clears throat> we, we see here at the very beginning of Acts chapter 3, we see what the Bible has, has labeled or, or what, you know, what is commonly known as the uh, lame beggar that was healed. Peter and John were going up at the hour of prayer. They were going up to the temple, <clears throat> ninth hour. Okay, so they were going up to pray. And they, uh, the Bible tells us that there was this man there that, that had to be carried there every day up to the gate beautiful. And he, he, he begged for alms because he couldn't work. He was lame. And, and so every day that was, his, that was his life. That was what he did. That was how, how he survived was because of that. And we're familiar with the story. Peter and John saw him as they were about to go into the temple, and the guy asked him alms of him. And, and Peter looked at him, and, and he had the man look at him, and, and he said, well, he actually told him, look on us, look at us. Because I'm sure the man was looking around, not wanting to miss any alms. You know, he's looking around, alms, alms, alms. And, and Peter said, wait a minute, stop, look at us, pay attention. Something's about to happen. And um, so he, he did that. The man looked at him. And, and Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Took him by the right hand, lifted it up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. The man began to leap, began to praise God, began to walk, and he went into, into the temple with them. And it said that when he went into the temple, he was walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people that were there saw this happen. Now, later on, the Bible tells us that that was about 5,000 men that witnessed what took place. Now, we know from other accounts in the Gospels, the way that they number people was they counted the men. 5,000 doesn't include the women or the children that were present. But there were 5,000 men that witnessed this, or the Bible says about 5,000. There, there was about 5,000. So who knows? It could have been 10,000 or more people that witnessed this, and they, they knew the miracle that took place because they had seen this guy there. He was there every day. That's, that's where he sat. That was his spot, kind of like you in church. You have your spot. Hey, listen, that's just human nature. That's what we do. 
I'm okay. I'm not giving you a hard time. <laughs> and um, so, you know, the Bible tells us that they knew that. And the, the crowd began to come around and, and, and kind of, you know, they were amazed at what had just happened. There was this great miracle. This man that had been lame for 40 years was, was up dancing and, and, and walking and, and shouting and praising God. You know, it's amazing how that, you know, when miracles take place, that people, they, you know, they're drawn to that. They're excited about that. That's something that you don't see every day. How many of you have ever seen a lame person, you know, healed instantly like that? I haven't yet, but one day I'm going to see it. I believe it. I believe before God returns that we're going to see those miracles. Amen. Yeah. And so... Peter, he saw what, you know, there was this big crowd that was coming around. And like any good preacher, he said, hey, I got a crowd. I ought to preach to them. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're coming around because of this miracle. So let me seize the opportunity. And so Peter began to preach. What was it he preached? He picked right back up on what he had preached in Acts chapter 2. He, he went back through. Hey, listen, if you got a good message and it was good here, it's going to be good over here. Let's go ahead and preach the same thing. People got the Holy Ghost then, so hey, let's, let's preach the same thing. We'll see if more people can get the Holy Ghost. There's some ministers that, you know, they have three or four sermons, and, and man, they'll go all around the country preaching those three or four sermons. I, there was one man that I heard about that, he preached a whole revival, and God wouldn't allow him to preach anything but the same message every night. And he said he'd get up and he'd preach, and okay, I got through that, you know. And then the next night, God, you know, what do you want me to preach? The guy's praying. God said, I want you to preach that message. Again, you know, third night, fourth night, same thing. Finally. After he, he preached it, you know, I, I can't remember if it was four or five nights in a row, he preached the same message. And finally, there was this breakthrough and a revival happened in that church. Peter recognized that, hey, listen, what they need to hear is the same thing they, they needed to hear in Acts chapter 2. And so he picked up and he began preaching that same thing. And he talked about... Uh, about uh, Telling them, listen, this, is, this didn't happen because of our power. It's nothing about us as men, but this is about Jesus. Amen. This is Jesus that did that. Amen. It's not through our own power. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified Jesus through this. The one that you deny, the one that, that, uh, that you delivered up and de uh, denied him in the presence of Pilate, and, and the holy and the just one. And, and you desired that a murderer would be granted to you instead of him. Man, he began, I, I tell you what, he didn't pull any punches when he preached. Amen. You know, Peter just got up there and said it like it was. Can, can you imagine, you know, preaching, having this great revival service, you got all these guests that have come in and the preacher gets up and say you know you are all a bunch of sinners y'all deserve hell y'all don't deserve the goodness of god you you know you've done this and you've done that and you're guilty of this man I, everybody just get up and walk out 
But Peter, that's what he did. He started pointing the finger saying, you know what, that same one that y'all crucified, he's the one that did this. It's the power that's in his name that this happened. Amen. And so he began to talk to him. Talk to them and, and he began to, to, to tell them. Verse 19, if you read down in, in verse 3, he said, um, he said, so because of all that, because of what you do, you've done, you need to repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Now, let me just stop for a moment here because uh, I, I need to, number one, we need to talk about the fact that they needed to repent. We all need to repent. Right. On a daily basis, we need to repent. Okay? I, I mean, yesterday I mowed the yard and, and I, I drove down to St. Cloud to pick up Satan. Okay? So, I mean, it wasn't like I had a lot of time to go out and sin. But you know what? I needed to repent. I may not have had an opportunity to go out and sin, but listen, I still need to repent because there may be something that I hadn't thought about that I had done. Maybe my attitude was wrong. Maybe when I was driving down to, you know, St. Cloud and had to deal with all of those crazies on the road, maybe my spirit was wrong. I know none of you have ever experienced that. That's only me, and I accept that, okay? But I needed to repent. And we, need, we all need to repent every day. Amen. That's something that we need in our life because we're not perfect and, and we need the forgiveness of God. Amen. All right, so number one, we need to repent. Um, and then he talked about the, the uh, uh, in verse 19 there, he talked about being converted. He was preaching the same message. And so when he said being converted, he was talking about the same thing about receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost because that was how you became a convert of Jesus Christ was through receiving his spirit. And then when he talks about the times of refreshing that had come, it's important for us to understand this because a lot of people have uh, mistakenly looked at that and said, oh, well, that's the refreshing that you received with the Holy Ghost. No, that's not what he was talking about. He was talking about when the time of refreshing comes, which if you study it out, if you do the research, he's talking about the millennial reign of Christ. He's talking about after uh, Christ comes back and he, he establishes his rule on this earth for that thousand years, that time of peace. You have to go through and study all of that. But see, that was what he was talking about. The, the, the reason that we know that is we find that the, the priests and the Sadducees and all of those things, all of those men, they were astounded at what Peter was saying because this was an unlearned man. This was not somebody that had, had done a lot of study and had, a, had, a, you know, had spent a lot of time at, at the feet of these teachers learning the scriptures and learning all of it. This was just a plain old fisherman. But yet he, he understood scriptures. He had a, a knowledge of, of the word of God that was something that, that normally a, a fisherman wouldn't have. And they were astounded at Peter's preaching. And so he continues to go on through this and begins, you know, continues teaching all of this through the end of Acts 3. And so, um, 
Now, if we move on to the beginning of Acts 4, that's where we find this out. It says, um, as they spake to the people, as Peter and John and the others were still up there preaching and talking to this crowd of people, it says the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection of the dead. Why were they so grieved about what Peter and John were preaching? Two different things. One, they were preaching about Jesus, and they thought they had already handled that situation. They had already crucified him, and they thought that that was a done deal. They didn't have to worry about that anymore. But here are men that are preaching in Jesus' name. They're preaching about the power of Jesus, and they're seeing miracles done that the priests and the Sadducees can't do. Right. And the people are seeing this, and they're being converted. Number two, the other reason that they're preaching is because it's the Sadducees that started complaining about this. Why? Because Peter was preaching about the resurrection of the dead. Yes. Remember, the Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead. That's the way you always remember it. If you didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead, you'd be sad too. Uh -huh. That's why they called them the Sadducees. <laughs> if all I had to live for was this life right here, I wouldn't have anything worth living for. Right. But there's a hope. There, there's an eternal glory that I am able to, to, to partake of. There's something after this life. There is a resurrection of the dead. And I, because I followed the plan of God, I am going to be resurrected into a new life and be able to live eternally in God's kingdom with him. Amen. Uh, hopefully you have experienced the same in your life. And so that was, that was the reason that they began to, uh, they, they began to uh, you know, get aggravated with them. They were agitated. They didn't like it. And so what did they do? They laid hands on them, and they put them in hold the next day. Now, when it says that they laid hands on them, they didn't walk up and anoint them with oil. Okay? <laughs> That's not what they did. They grabbed hold of them, and they forcibly took them to jail. To, to a place of confinement to where they could hold them until they could question them the next morning. They didn't even want to question them that night because it wasn't convenient for them because it was evening. And they wanted to get home. They wanted to go have their meal. They were probably on their way home at that time when they saw this. And they had already inconvenienced them enough. And so they said, listen, go put them in jail. We'll deal with them tomorrow. I want to go home and eat. I don't know about y'all, when, when work's done, I want to go home. Yeah. Anyway, so they did that. They put them in jail, and they said, we'll deal with them the next day. And um, But the scripture says, howbeit many of them which heard the word, what word? The word that Peter and John had preached, they believed. And the number of the men was about 5,000. So, you know, there were a lot of that 5,000 that heard what Peter and John were preaching. And, and, and they, were, they were converted. They believed it and they took it to heart. And so, Scripture goes on and says, It came to pass on the morrow that the rulers and the elders and the scribes and Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem 
And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or what name have you done this? Listen, the crowd's saying that you did this miracle. How did you do it? What, what power did you use to do that? It's like saying sick him to a bulldog. They're asking Peter, what power did you use? What name did you use? And he began to expound to them the fact that it was through the power of God and through the name of Jesus that this miracle took place. Mm. <laughs> but see, in verse uh, number eight here, this is a very key point because it says, Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day examine the good deeds done to the impotent man by what means he has made known, be, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, who God raised from the dead, even by him do this man stand here before you whole. Now, listen, Peter's standing up before this group of people that already had Jesus crucified. Now, you don't think that maybe Peter had a little fear? That, that maybe Peter naturally would have, would have been a little hesitant to stand up there and to, and to make this declaration? Why, why was it that, that he was able to stand there? It's because of what the scripture said at the very beginning of, of uh, verse 8. said, then Peter... Filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Let that sink in for a minute. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. He didn't just have an experience, but he was full of the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 1 tells us that you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Once you're filled with the Holy Ghost, if you're full, if, if you haven't let your tank run dry, and you've stayed filled with the Holy Ghost, you've got power. And there's a boldness. And that's why Peter was able to stand up before these men, before these people that had, had done that, you know, terrible act to Jesus Christ. He was able to stand up before them and not only say, well, I did it in Jesus' name. No, he said, you know that man that y'all crucified? The one that y'all said was not the Christ, the Messiah, the one that you had killed, the same one that raised from the dead. You don't even believe in resurrection of the dead, but he did it, and he proved y'all wrong. I mean, he, he was really bold in his statements there, his preaching. I mean, he was fervent in that preaching. He said, listen, that same one, that's the power that did this to this man. I can't do it. And so it was through that name. And, and, and the, the, the people there, they, they were, um, not the people, but the, the priest and that group of men, um, Peter began to talk even more to them. And he talked about the stone which said of not of the builders. He, he went back into the Old Testament and talked about the prophecies and began once again to explain to these men that should have known the scriptures exactly what the scriptures meant. And, and they were amazed. They're going, how does he have such knowledge, such understanding of the scriptures? 
He said, this man must have been with Jesus because that's the only one that we've ever experienced that had such a grasp of the knowledge of the word of God. He said, that one that you rejected, it's become the head of the corner. That's become that foundation stone that everything else is built on. We've got to build our life, our salvation, our eternal hope on Jesus Christ. Amen. Scripture says that he is the way, he's the truth, he's the life. No man can enter into the Father except by him. He is that one that we have to, we have to build our life on. Mm. And, and in verse 12, there is a very powerful scripture that, that so many uh, in, in religious circles can't explain. But it says, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The only name that we can have salvation through is Jesus. Yeah. That's the only name. Amen. We can't find salvation through, uh, you know, through Buddha, through any other name. Right. You, you pick it, Confucius, I don't care what name you want to pick. You can't find salvation in the name of Mark. I can't save you. Right. I have no power to save you. You have to call on the one name that's given under heaven that can save you, and that's Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank God that we know that name. Amen. And it says, now when, when those men, those priests and those Sadducees, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them, they had been with Jesus. Yeah, like I said, they, they looked at him and said, you know, they have a great understanding of the scripture. They're saying things that, man, these, these ignorant fishermen shouldn't know. You know, we, we can't fool them and, and, and try to trick them by twisting the scriptures because they've got a grasp on the knowledge. They understand what it means. And the scripture goes on, says, and they, they beheld, beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they couldn't say anything against this. They couldn't argue with them that, you know, listen, there's no power to heal in Jesus' name. Here's a witness right here. The man's standing right here, and he's saying, yep, that's exactly how it happened. It was in that name. That's what it was. And so there, there was no disputing the fact. So what did the men did? They, they sent them away so that they could, you know, they could talk among, amongst, them, amongst themselves. Um, and they said, you know, what shall we do to these men? For indeed a notable miracle had been done to them that is manifest to all that dwell in Jerusalem, and we can't deny it. And, and so they came up with a plan. They said, let's just threaten them and tell them, don't speak anymore in that name. I don't have any power that I can do anything against you, and I can't argue with you, but don't do it again. That's what they did. And, and it said that they, they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. And, and Peter, I like this, verse 19. Peter and John, they both, they answered and said unto them, 
whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than God, y'all judge that. Should, should I listen to God or should I listen to you men? Yeah, I think I'm going to choose God. How about that? Amen. said, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. And so the, the men, they went further and they, they threatened them more. And then they let them go because they knew that there was nothing they could do. And because of all the people that were there, they were, they were afraid of an uprising and that they would, you know, they would take away their, their position and their authority. So they didn't want that. And so they just said, listen, we just said don't do it. So y'all just go on now and don't do it. And so Peter and John, we find them. They're released from this. Now, what do they do? They go back to, you know, their house or, or wherever it was. They go back to where, you know, the, the other believers were, to where the, you know, people that were like-minded. I don't know, maybe they went to church. But they went somewhere where those believers were gathered together, and they began to tell them about what's going on. And it, it, God just kind of showed me here that there's a common thread that runs through what happens here because after they told them what, what had happened and what the elders had said, said when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. This is the people that were there, the, the fellow believers. They lifted up their voice to God. And here's what they said. They said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, who thou hast anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate and the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined to be done. And so they, they made this, this declaration before God. They said, God, listen, we're dealing with the same thing that David talked about. We're dealing with the same thing that you dealt with. The people are coming against your name, the, the, the rulers, and there's opposition to what we're preaching. So listen, we can't stop preaching this. We can't stop being a witness like you've called us to be. But we do want some help, God. Amen. He said, Lord, and now behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak the word by stretching forth thy hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the, holy, by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. That was a pretty bold prayer. I like that prayer. I think that's a prayer that we as the church should pray. God, listen, there's going to be people that are going to oppose us. They're going to try to stop what we're doing. They don't, you know, they're not going to like what's happening because it, it goes against uh, uh, what they want, what their agendas are. But you know what? 
You've called us to be witnesses. You've given us your spirit. You've released us and set us free from the bonds of sin. We have an obligation. We're, we're duty bound to do this. And, and God, we want to do this, but we need your help. And so, God, we're asking you to, to do healings, signs, and miracles because people will accept those things. And they're drawn to those things, and they can't argue against those things because those are not something that humans can do. I, I, can't, I can't heal the sick. I can't raise the dead. I can't do miracles. I can't cause signs and wonders to happen in heaven or in the earth. I can't cause a, a flood. I can't cause fire to fall down out of the sky. I can't cause hail. I can't cause a swarm of locusts to come in. But we know that God can. Amen. He's done all of these things. <laughs> and, and God answered their prayer. But look at this. This is, this is a powerful answer to prayer. Verse 31 of chapter 4 says, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. Can you imagine us having a prayer meeting and all of a sudden, sweet bee of this, uh, of this center that we're in, and we're all standing here kind of going, wow, okay, man. You know, and we're looking around everything else isn't shaking. But the place where we're meeting is shaking. Right. Now, you know, now that's not something that just anybody can do. Right. That was that was to them, it was a sign from God that listen, I've heard you, and I'm gonna move heaven and earth to help you. Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. And and look what happened to that group of believers. Now, all right, let me, let me tell you, this is a group of believers. Many of these people were there on the day of Pentecost. They already received the Holy Ghost, right? These were the church. And, and even the ones that were there maybe from this other group, this 5,000 that just saw this miracle, some of them no doubt had already received the Holy Ghost because Peter had been preaching that. But all of a sudden, it said, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. Amen. Listen, if you and I are going to, to live a victorious life, and we're going to have an effect on those that are around us, that's the key. Amen. Peter had it. The, the New Testament church had it. Not just a one-time experience with God, but remaining filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Oh. Amen. Mm. I tell you, there is, there is a power in being filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, like I said, this was... Uh, this wasn't the first time that these people had received the Holy Ghost, but this was a, a refilling. It was a renewing, a pouring into them of another dose, if you will, uh, an extra measure of the Holy Ghost, uh, 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 a renewing within their spirit. See, we need continual renewal. You know, when you go out and buy a, a, buy a new car, most of the time they don't fill it up with gas. Uh, some places will tell you they do, but they don't ever fill it up. 
I, I know we've gone and bought new cars. Oh, yeah, we're going to fill it up. Oh, uh, you know, we forgot about that, and they're, they're already gone. But, you know, uh, you know we'll, we'll take care of you some other way. They don't fill it up. <laughs> so when you leave, you got to go fill up your car. Well, that's not the last time you fill that tank. You don't buy that car and fill it up one time and think that, all right, now as long as I own this car, I'm going to be able to drive. <laughs> if you do, you're going to find yourself walking. Because <laughs> when that little needle hits E, you, you better be close to a tank, someplace you can refill. It's the same with the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's the same in our life. We're supposed to be renewed in the Holy Ghost. We, we need to have that experience happen to us over and over and over again. Why? Because it's not enough that, that God has worked that work in us, but being refilled with the Holy Ghost gives us a boldness, a, a, a supernatural uh, a power and authority that we can go out and we can declare God's works. We can see the, the signs and the wonders and the miracles that God will pour out because we're filled. We're, we're not running on empty. But we're there and our, our tanks are full. Oh, hallelujah. Keep going back. It's the same thing. We, we've got to do that with the Holy Ghost. You know, you can look at the life of Paul. And I don't think there's anybody that would, that would debate the, 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 the fact that Paul was a very bold person. Person. I mean, it didn't matter what circumstances, Paul was going to preach the word. It didn't matter if he was standing before leaders that could execute him. He was going to preach the word. It didn't matter when he was, you know, when he was shipwrecked and, you know, when all, you know, all of these different things that Paul endured it never deterred him. He preached the word. And, and I wondered before, why is it that Paul had such boldness to do that? First hmm. Corinthians 14 and 18, Paul's teaching about the, the speaking in tongues in the church. He's talking to the Corinthian church. And he talks here and he says, I thank my God that I speak with tongues more than you all. Well, what's the significance of that? Well, what is the evidence of receiving the Holy Ghost? Speaking in tongues. He's not talking about here about tongues that edifies the church, tongues and in interpretation, tongues that are, you know, that, that are messages, any of that. He's not talking about the gift of tongues. He's talking about, I speak in tongues when I pray because God's refilling me with the Holy Ghost. He's, he's getting that renewal. He said, I do that more than all of y'all. And, and he wasn't saying that boastfully, but he was saying that hopefully that somebody would get a hold of it and say, you know what? I need to speak in tongues more. I, I, need, an, I need to refill into the Holy Ghost. Yeah. You know, that should be something that we should experience in our life every day. Yeah. It, it should be something that's, that, that is commonplace to us. When we pray, when, when we begin to praise and worship God, listen, we've already got it here. All we have to do is let it come out here. I can remember as a, as a young child, I, I believe I was, I think I was 11 or 12 years old when I first received the Holy Ghost. And, uh, you know, I, I was one of those kids, one of those young children that I wore out the silence. Whenever there would be an altar call, and listen, we had church three times a week 
at least. We had Wednesday, or no, I'm sorry, as at that time, we had four times. We had Sunday morning, we had Sunday night, we had Tuesday night, and we had Thursday night. And we had altar call at every one of them. And so every time I was there, and you know, hey, they'd preach, and inevitably the preacher would say something about getting the Holy Ghost, and there'd be an altar call, and we'd be up there praying. Well, I wanted the Holy Ghost. But as a, as a young child, I wouldn't just, you know, yield to God and let God, you know, fill me. And so I was one of those ones that, man, I was there and I was one of the last ones to get up. And all the old sisters in the church, you know, they'd be around there. Oh, God, touch Mark tonight, Lord. Fill him with your spirit, God. And, and, you know, they're praying with me, trying to help me get the Holy Ghost. And, you know, it'd be, you know, 30, 40 minutes, an hour, whatever. And, you know, finally I'd get up. Don't worry, Mark. You just keep praying. Y'all <laughs> and, and, you know, service after service, they were faithful. Thank God for those people. Mm -hmm. I, you know, God's got to have a special reward for them that, that would stay there and pray with a young child like that. But I can remember when I finally received the Holy Ghost. I finally just yielded myself and, and I began to speak in tongues. And it was like, wow, that was easy. I, it was what, it, what had happened was there was, a, uh, uh, there was a, a guest evangelist that had come. He was preaching a revival. And, and uh, he asked for people that, uh, that wanted to be baptized. He said, Sunday morning, he said, you know, if anybody wants to be baptized tonight, we're going to set it up. We're going to baptize you. And then, you know, and then, you know, God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. And I hadn't been baptized at that time. Because, you know, I mean, a lot of times, used to, preachers didn't want to baptize anybody until they were 12 years old, you know. They thought, you know, well, you know, you got to make sure you really understand. So, anyway, um, I went down to the waters of baptism. I came back up, and the preacher said, now just lift your hands and just begin to praise God. And I did that, and all of a sudden, man, I, I, I felt my, my lips begin to stammer, and my tongue was trying to say stuff that I didn't know. And instead of stopping it like I had before and going, you know, I, I don't know those words, I just started speaking. And afterwards, I, I, I told people, they said, oh, you got the Holy Ghost tonight. I said, yeah. I said, if I had known it was that easy, I would have done it a long time ago. <laughs> and it's the same way with us and a refilling. Listen, there, there are people that have served God for years. They, they had an experience. They received the Holy Ghost. But I, 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 you know, I, I know some people that it's been years and years and years since they've spoken in tongues. And listen, it's, it's just as easy. As a matter of fact, the, the more that you'll allow it, the easier it gets. I'm not one that can learn foreign languages. I, I have tried. I've tried Spanish. I've tried French. I've tried German. I can't even master the English language. <laughs> but I can, I can comfortably stand here and tell you that I don't have any problem speaking in tongues. Amen. That's a language that I don't have to know it. I just have to yield myself to God and let that flow through me. Listen, if, you've been, if you're here today and you haven't spoken in tongues in a while, today's the day. 
It's here for you. If you want to, if you want to be refilled, if you want to be renewed in the Holy Ghost, or if you're here today and you've never received the Holy Ghost, you've never spoken in tongues, it's, it's here for you today. You can receive that gift. And see, that's what gave Paul that boldness to speak. He stayed filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And, and if we're going to live an overcoming life and do what God wants us to do, we have to stay filled with the Holy Ghost. We, we shouldn't, you know, come to church on Sunday and um, the rest of the week just kind of coast. I don't know about you, but I drive enough that if I put gas in my truck on, you know, on Sunday, by Wednesday, I better be finding a gas station. If not, I'm going to be walking. And spiritually, it's the same way. If I just come to church on Sunday and I speak in tongues, I get re renewed in the Holy Ghost, and, and I just forget about it and try to coast through the rest of the week, man, I about... Tuesday, Wednesday, I start running out of fuel and, and, and I start finding myself struggling. And, and if, if there's going to be an opportunity for me to sin, it, it's going to start coming up. And, and so, uh, you know, I, I've got I've to get back to God and say, God, I need you to fill me back up. I, I need your spirit in me, God. It's, it's the spirit of God that causes me to be able to live an overcoming life to where I don't give in to sin. To where I'm not, I'm not, you know, affected by temptation, but I'm able to overcome those things. It's because I've got the Spirit of God that resides in me, but I've got to keep my tank full. Yeah. Amen. Mm. See, uh, God didn't intend for that gift to be a one-time blessing, but he, what he did is he, he gave us a gift that could be uh, a an endless access in our life. The, the Bible talks about it being like a, a river that, that bubbles up from within us and it, and it flows. It, it's not a, not a river that ends, it, but it's a river that will flow forth from us if we'll allow that to just constantly be filled. We're a vessel and so it's got to be filled. Our, our vessel has to be filled. But the 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 source never runs dry. The well doesn't run out of water. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 through 9 tells us, it says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. We've got the gift of God, the Holy Ghost, in this earthen vessel, this flesh and blood that God formed out of the dust of the ground. That's why the Bible calls it an earthen vessel. We're, we're made from the dust of the ground. That's where man came from. Amen. So the Bible calls us that earthen vessel. And he says here that we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not us. Okay. Listen, I, I don't put a whole lot of faith in dirt. But I can put all faith in God. Amen. And, and here in verse 8 tells us we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're cast down, but we're not destroyed. Why is all of that so? Why is it that when things come against us, they don't overtake us and destroy us? 
Drop down to verse 16 and I'll give you the answer. It says, for which cause we faint not, but through our, or, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. How, how is the inward man renewed? It's through the infilling of the Holy Ghost. It's through that Spirit of God that's renewed within us. And we can renew that day by day by day by day by day. We have a source that never runs dry. And, and God never tires of us coming back to him and saying, I want some more, God. I want some more of you. God, I need more of your spirit. God, I, I, I used up what I had. I need some more, God. I, I need some more because I, there's some things that I may have to face. God, there's some, some people out there that need you. And God, I, I need to have more of you so I can share some of this. Mm. The last words that Jesus spoke before he ascended up into heaven were very powerful words. And they were these. They're found in Acts chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. He said unto them, It's not for you to know the times or the season which the Father had put in his own power. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Church, if we're going to be an effective witness, we have to receive that power, number one, and then we have to be renewed in that power. We've got to keep that power. I can take this cell phone right here and I can, I can plug it into the charger and get it fully charged. But as soon as I unplug it, the battery starts draining. And over time, it's going to go dead if I don't go plug it back up. We've got to stay plugged into Jesus. We've got to stay plugged into his word. We've got to recharge and, and allow those things to be built within us. Mm. Stand with me today. You know, we need that continual renewing of the power from God. And so today, as, we, as we're closing out this service, I want to invite you to be renewed. Like I said, if you're here and you've never received the Holy Ghost, it's here for you today. You can receive it, and, and, and God wants to give it to you. If you've received the Holy Ghost, it's time once again for us to be renewed. How many of you, and I know this is a personal question, so forgive me, but how many of you have already had a prayer time and been renewed in the Holy Ghost today? Thank God for that. But you know what? God wants all of us to be renewed today. Amen. He wants us all to, to have power. He doesn't want his children to be sick and weak and, and, and tired. He wants us to have strength and to have joy and to be victorious in all that we're doing. Amen. It can be a daily renewing if we allow it, just like I read in, in uh, 2 Corinthians there, that day by day. And so we're going to join together this morning, and, and we're going to take just a moment 
and we're going to repent. All right? We're just going to take a time right now, just a, just a, few, a few moments here, just raise our hands and just talk to God and say, God, I'm sorry. Amen. And then after we do that, I'm going to speak the word of faith, and the Holy Ghost is going to fall here. And so those of you that are here today, that, that whosoever will, you can be filled with the Holy Ghost, or you can be renewed in the Holy Ghost. But that can happen for you today. And so right now, I want us all, if you're comfortable in your seats, that's fine. If you want to come down around the altar, that's fine. But wherever you are, I want you just to lift your hands and let's repent. Let's just tell God, Lord, I know that I've messed up. I know that there's things in my life that I need forgiveness for. And just ask God to forgive you right now. God, Lord, we come before you right now, God. Lord, and we know that we're not perfect, God. And each one of us have things, God, that we face. Lord, temptations and, and attitudes and spirits. And, Lord, and words and deeds, God. Things, God, that, that are not pleasing to you, God. And we're, we're sorry for those things, God. And, Lord, we, we want to live above those things, God. We don't want those things in our life. We don't want those on our account, God. Lord, and we repent of them right now, God. I ask you to forgive me for those things, God. Lord, I ask you to cleanse me of those, God. I, I repent of those things right now, God. Lord Jesus, all across this place, God, your, your people, God, we're, we're here before you, God, asking for your forgiveness, God. Lord, we're sorry for those things that we've done or the things that we should have done that we didn't do, God. Lord, those are things that we repent of also, God. Lord, you know your people, God. You know your children, God, and we repent before you right now. And we ask for your forgiveness, God. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Your word says that if we'll ask for forgiveness, that you are faithful and you will forgive our sins, God. Lord, so we thank you right now for what you have done in forgiving us, God. Oh, hallelujah. God, and that's the first step, Lord, in what you're about to do, God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. And so, right now, I'm going to speak the word of faith, and God's going to pour out the Holy Ghost. And so, God, right now, all across this place, God, and these lives that have repented before you, God, I'm asking you to pour out the spirit of the Holy Ghost, God, Lord, and renew us today, God. Lord, fill us today with the Holy Ghost, God. Lord, pour out that rain upon your people, God. Lord, and wash us and cleanse us and fill us with your Spirit. Right now, in the name of Jesus, receive the Holy Ghost, God. Oh, Oh, right now, just begin to speak out those words. Let the Holy Ghost begin to flow through you. Let those tongues come forth through your lips as God begins to give you the utterance. Oh, hallelujah. God, we praise you for it. God, we worship you right now, God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 